And Showdown is a series about our family. More specifically, what we've been targeting over last week and this week is parents. And if you know the way I know that your parents have a major influence, a major impact on whether or not your life is going well. And last week we talked about how when there's disarray in the home, when there's conflict between you and your parents, when there's conflict between those people that, are, that you're living life with day in and day out, that typically your life is not going all that well and all that easy. And I know just from experience, when I was fighting with my parents or there would be uh, just stuff going on and trouble in the home, man, that would, that would cause tension. That would cause stuff in my life not to go as well either. And when I, disbeha- when I uh, disbehaved, misbehaved and I did things that I shouldn't have been doing and goofed off and did some stupid stuff, I got in trouble from my parents who would slap me around and ground me and all that kind of good stuff. And, uh, and because of that, you know, it would cause me to be sad or to have, be depressed or not have a good life. And speaking of my parents, my parents are here tonight. And they're here. So thank you. Y'all give it up for my parents. And we're going to jump right into it tonight because I believe this. I believe that we cannot miss this. God, listen, God is not silent on how we are to treat our parents. And God is not silent on how the parent and son and daughter relationship should go. In fact, we talked about last week in Ephesians chapter 6 where the Bible tells us we are to honor our parents because this is the first co- with the command that your life will, that you will live a long life, that life will go well for you, and we are to obey our parents. And that text comes from the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. And so I want to post it up here on the screen, and we're going to read this Ten Commandment. So Exodus chapter 20, verses 12 says, Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land and the Lord your, that the Lord your God has given you. I mean, if you think about that for a minute, basically what he's saying is if you want to live a long time, if you don't want your life to be cut short, then you should honor your parents. Now, we talked about last, that, that last week. We talked about the implications for that last week. But I want you to think about this for a minute. This right here is the fifth of the Ten Commandments. Now, there were 10 Ten Commandments, right? That's why we call them the Ten Commandments. And, and I don't know, have you guys ever thought about how they must have been written on the tablets? How many tablets were there that Moses carried down from the mountain? Two. Have you ever thought about how they were written? I mean, if you think about it, you got the two tablets, and Moses is coming down from the mountain. And I've always wondered, how were they written on there? Were there five on this side and five on this side? Let's just say for a second that there were five on this side, and there were five on the other side. Five on each side. We know that the first four of the Ten Commandments are about us and our relationship with God. The first commandment is that we are to have no other gods before Him. That He is the one true God. He is the only God that we are supposed to worship. The second is not to worship any graven image or to to make any image of Him or idol worship and that kind of stuff. And that's the second one. And then we have uh, not to use the Lord's name in vain. And then we have to honor the Sabbath. Those first four commandments are dealing with us and our relationship with God. The other six commandments are dealing with us and our relationship with each other. And so if there were five written on this side, and there were five written on this side, that means that the only commandment that was written on the side in which those those commandments about us and our relationship with God is the commandment to honor our father and mother. I think that's intentional. Now let's say that that it was differently. Let's say that... 
He wrote the first four on this one, and then he wrote, I can't write, one, two, four, six, seven, all right, and then one, two, three, four, and then he wrote the other six on this one, right? If he did that, then, he would, then we would say, okay, well, this particular tablet would have had the four that honor us in God, and this would have the other six commandments, which are the ones that deal with each other, and it would be interesting if you were to look at that list, honoring our parents would be at the top, the top of that list. Honoring our parents is put in a league of its own. We talked about this a little bit last, last week, that it says this is the first commandment with a promise that you will live long in the land. And I think as you read through the rest of the Bible, you see this picture of how this commandment is elevated. Later on, Moses writes in Deuteronomy chapter 21. Let's pop this up here. And I want you to listen to the words here. I want you to listen to how aggressive this passage is. It says, if someone has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother and will not listen to them when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of the town. They shall say to the elders, this son is our stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and be afraid. You say, man, that's pretty intense. Yeah, it is. It is intense. It is intense because when you read through the scriptures, what you understand is this. That when students dishonor their parents then when they go up as dishonorable, as dishonorable students to their parents, when they go up, they raise dishonorable children. And their children raise dishonorable children. And what we know is when there's a breakdown in the home and this, this begins to happen, the society is in trouble. It is crippled because of this particular thing. And if you look around in our society, if you look around in the United States, we live in a culture that praises the disrespect of parents. We wear it as a badge of honor. Some of us post things on our Facebook or we post things in different places or we tweet about something that we think is ridiculous. Maybe some of you have even seen the video of the guy who found the post on Facebook and shot the daughter's computer. Did y'all see that? Some of you are like, no, what are you talking about? Go home and Google it. And we use different things and we do these things to dishonor our parents. And throughout our, and in our culture, we see this happening all the time. And I'm telling you, listen, if we don't turn this around, we're in trouble. Our culture's in trouble. In fact, I want to show you guys a Facebook post. And this Facebook post is of a student that goes to the church of someone who is on staff here at church. And they showed this to me. And I was like, i got to show our students this. I want you to see this. He posts on his Facebook at the top, pretty F awesome night. Smiley face. His mom posts back to her son, that's not nice language, to which he says, pretty effing awesome evening. She says, wrong word change, son. To which he says, or we, and then she goes on to say, remember your friends with your family on here. And then his friend puts, ooh, mom. And then he put, then they should accept me. And she put wrong, and he put, I guess. Wrong word change? Are you kidding me? This is a kid that goes to church. This is a kid who's in the youth group. This is a kid who comes to youth group and raises his hand and praises God, and that's how he treats his mom? No. I'm going to tell you right now, it's disgusting 
It's disrespectful and it dishonors God. And the Bible is clear on it. Don't think that God does not care about this. I showed you the scripture in Proverbs last week that says, if someone dishonors their parents, if someone curses their parents, then, then they will be thrown and cast out into outer darkness. When you go into a word study of what it means to be cast in outer darkness, literally what he's saying is they'll be thrown into hell. That's the intensity of this. Literally, the, the Hebrew word that's used in here, last week we talked about the Greek word in Ephesians chapter 6 that talked about honor, and that word means to value. We are to value our parents. This word in Hebrew right here means to give a weight to. The opposite word of that is curse, the word used in that passage I just read. That means to treat lightly. Literally, what he's saying is that if you treat your parents lightly, if you do not value them and give them the weight that they deserve, then that's your punishment. This is serious business. Don't think that God doesn't care about the way that the home goes. The family was his idea. If you go back and you read your Bible, after God creates everything and he creates man, he then establishes the home. He then establishes the family. The family is God's idea. And, and we, we look at the word of God and we see how the interaction should go between us and our family and we trust what the word of God says because this is the word of God. This isn't just a bunch of ideas made up by a bunch of different people who threw it in together somewhere and we call this the Bible and we blindly walk and lead in this thing. And some of you say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, then I want to challenge you to come here in two weeks because we're beginning a series next week called Curious. And next week, I'm going to have one of my friends that's going to be here with me. His name is Nathan. Nathan uh, lived a homosexual lifestyle for almost 15 years. He gave his life to Christ. God has radically changed his life and, and all this kind of stuff. He's going to be here next week, and I'm going to be interviewing him for about 40 minutes on the stage. And you guys can ask him questions and all this stuff about that. We're going to be talking about that next week. We're going to be tackling big questions. The week after that, two weeks from tonight, I'm going to be talking about the Word of God. And I'm going to be showing you evidence for proof for the Word of God. And I'm going to be dispelling every myth there is and everything that you may believe that about the Bible not being true. And I'm going to show you that the Bible is historically accurate, it's archaeologically accurate, and it's 100% reliable, and you can't refute it. And if you can refute it, then I'll quit being a Christian because if you can't trust the Word of God, then you can't trust anything. We're going to talk about that in two weeks. Then I'm going to give you guys the opportunity. On Facebook, you can go on there and post a big question that you would like to see answered. And that third week is going to be something that you guys want us to talk about in this room. And you can post on there, post on there, whatever you want us to talk about. And whatever gets the most likes, that is the one that we're going to be talking about in three weeks from now. And then the fourth week, we're going to do a Q&A night where you can text in questions about whatever you want to text in about, about God, the Bible, different things. And we're going to be answering those in rapid fire succession. So that's going to be the next series that begins next week. You don't want to miss it. You want to invite your friends to it it's going to be awesome but God sets the standard in the word of God he sets the standard now I want to talk for you to you guys for a minute because I want to talk to you guys the first point I want you to do and you got notes there you can write this down I want to talk to you about good parents and godly parents good parents and godly parents let's talk about good parents first when we look at good, good parents some of us has have an unrealistic expectation of what we think a good parent is on what we think a good parent should do and how a good parent should act and respond towards us. 
And I think that the reason some of us think that our parents are so unrealistic is because we have unrealistic expectations on how they should treat us. So I thought that maybe what I would do is look up the law and tell you guys what the law says a good parent is. This is what the law requires of your parents to say that your parents are a good parent, that your parents provide you with a warm bed to sleep in. That your parents provide you with food to eat. That your parents provide you with an opportunity for education. That your parents provide you with shelter over your head and that your parents provide you with protection. That's it. That's it. Your parents do not have to provide you a cell phone. Your parents do not have to provide you a computer and internet. Your parents do not have to provide you a TV. Your parents do not have to provide you cable or direct TV or whatever. Your parents don't have to provide you your own room. Your parents don't have to provide you anything other than the basic necessities for your life outside of those things. That's it. Based on the law, that is what a good parent is. Some parents that are in this room, that let's just be honest, they can't afford to do anything beyond that. And we look around at the other people around us and we see how they have been treated and we see how their parents give to them or do certain things for them because maybe their parents are in a situation where they can do that and we place unrealistic expectations on our parents because we compare our parents to other parents. And we can't do that. That's a good parents. See, I think that what we have to remember is this. Everything in our parents' house is our parents'. Like when I lived at home, I didn't pay for rent to stay in my bedroom. So if my parents wanted to come in my room, they could come into my room. That is not my room. That's my parents' room. They paid for the house. If my parents wanted to take my cell phone, they could take my cell phone because I didn't pay for that phone. I didn't pay for the service for that phone. My parents paid for that. If my parents wanted to take away my computer, they could take away my computer because I didn't pay for it. I didn't own it. If my parents wanted to take away anything from me in the house, they had every right to do it because it was theirs to begin with. It was theirs to begin with. And it's important for us to remember that for us, we have to remember that, that our parents own it. It's theirs. They are allowing us to live in their house. They are allowing us to participate and take care of this stuff. Sometimes we put these unrealistic expectations on our parents that our parents are supposed to give us all this stuff and give us a car when we turn 16 and give us all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. That isn't in the Bible, nor is it in the law. That's things that we have manufactured in our heads. We've got to remember that. All the extras are out of the kindness of our parents' heart. Out of the kindness of who our parents are. And let's not forget that. The second thing I want to talk to you about is the godly parent. Talked about a good parent. What is a godly parent? In scripture, your parents are commanded to be an example of someone to live. To be, to be a model of, of who you want to follow and who you want to be. And I talked to you a little bit about my parents last week. And I talked about how my, I, I would love to be a man like my dad who is humble and selfless. And a, and a man who would do anything for anybody else. I've never heard my dad yell at anybody. I've never heard my dad talk poorly or badly about anyone in my entire life. My dad's an example to live by. He's someone that I can follow. He's someone I can look at and say, I want to be like that man. And when one day when you guys are parents, you're going to have to carry that responsibility and bear that load. And your parents have a tough job based on the scripture because God gives your parents way more demands as your parents than he gives you as your children, as the children. Scripture commands your parents to, to discipline. I want, I want to read this to you. In Proverbs chapter 13, verses 24, and I think we got it on the screens for you. It says this. 
He who spares the rod hates his son or hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Look what he says. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline. Our parents are commanded to discipline us. Basically, what what does it mean to spare the rod? That means don't spank them. Yeah, people say, well, you shouldn't spank. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. This is how you should parent. I don't believe in spanking. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in this. Let me tell you something. God believed in spanking. My mom beat the crap out of me. You know, we, you know that when somebody comes into a, to a gas station, they steal something, they call it a snatch and grab. What my mom did, we called it the grab and beat, right? <laughs> like, dude, she would just grab whatever's around, you know what I'm saying? Like, we would be going through the house or whatever, and, you know, and it was like fly swatter, psh, you know what I mean? Like ruler, psh, yardstick, I mean, you name it, samurai sword, my brother still has one leg. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, she, she was dangerous. I mean, whatever she could grab, she would beat us down with, you know? Switch, whatever, it didn't matter. I'll never forget, we were driving in the car one day, and my mom said something to me, and I rolled my eyes, and she went, boom, and whacked me in the back of the head. I was, what the heck, mom, what's your problem? And she would tell me all the time, she'd be like, I brought you in, I'll take you out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I believed her, I saw my dad's gun collection, I didn't want to get shot. My mom, man, she had this, they had this, we had this drawer in our house, and it was the far right drawer in our kitchen. And, and in that drawer was the paddle. And on the front of the paddle, it said attitude adjuster. And it had three red butts on there with a lady beating her kids. You know what I mean? And it was in this drawer. Me and my brother, we'd be up there on the living, kitchen floor, living room floor, we're just, psh, psh, we're just pounding each other, choking each other out. You know, and my mom would be like, one. And we would stop and we'd look up at her, and she'd take like one step towards the towards the drawer. And we would be like, we'd look at her and we'd be like, you know, she'd be like two, and we'd look back, and she'd take another step towards the door. And we'd, like, and we'd tug it. She'd be like three, and she'd open up the drawer, and dude, we would scatter like a bunch of cats in a Chinese restaurant. I mean, it was crazy. We'd be running down the hall, running our room, slamming the door. I mean, we're like hiding for our lives, you know. And we'd hear my mom in there, she'd be smacking a paddle on her hand, you know what I mean? And, and I knew she did it, you know, and I, dude, that's, that's how it was. But I mean, I think I turned out all right. I got a little trauma, but I think I turned out all right. Let me tell you something. Discipline is something our parents are commanded to do. And one day you're going to discipline your children. And this is what I know. And this is a fact. This is a fact. Studies show that children that are not disciplined feel unloved and feel unworthy. And they typically grow up and they become rebellious. They honor no authority in their life, including God's. Including God's. We have to be careful how we raise our children. You guys are going to raise children one day. This may be the only message you ever hear on how to raise your children. And you need to know that there are demands in Scripture on how you raise your children in order to build up a healthy society and a healthy place for us all to live in. In Colossians 3.21, it says this, Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. God recognizes that discipline... Uh, the discipline can, can go out of control. God also recognizes that when parents discipline, they should do it with love. And your parents should love you, and they should come. A godly parent comes along, and they love their children, and they show them, and they teach them the right ways to go. In, in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, 4, it says this, Fathers, do not exasperate. The word exasperate means to infuriate or annoy or to frustrate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Don't annoy your children. Don't frustrate your children. Don't do things that you hang over their head. Don't be an immature parent. 
Don't do these sort of things. Like when you bring, when you discipline them, do it in love. Let them know the reasons you're disciplining them and why you're disciplining them. And there are boundaries there. Right? Like you know there are boundaries. And unfortunately for some of you guys, your parents have crossed the boundaries. Now I'm the first to admit and I'm the first to say that there needs to be grace and there needs to be forgiveness. Because just like you are not a perfect child, neither is your parent a perfect parent. And your parents are going to make mistakes and your parents are going to do things that are inappropriate. Your parents are going to do things that are ungodly. But some parents are dishonorable. And the second thing I want to talk to you guys about is dishonorable parents. Dishonorable parents. I know that some of you are in here and your parents are dishonorable. Maybe there's abuse in the home. Maybe there is things that cross the line way too frequently to say that this is an honorable parent. And I know that for some of you, it is extremely painful, and it's a lot of things that you carry. Let me tell you something. I know that there are many of you in here that come from broken homes, from divorced homes. And I'll tell you guys, I think that's dishonorable. The Bible is clear. The Bible says God hates divorce. When two people get a divorce, typically one, but most of the time, two people have become incredibly selfish in the relationship. And there's brokenness. And let me tell you something. The divorce doesn't just hurt both the mom and the dad, but it hurts the children as well. And if you've ever been through that situation in your life, you know that pain all too well. Is there forgiveness on that side of it? Can God restore? Can God bring healing to the parents as well as to the children? Absolutely he can. And he is in the business of doing that. And a lot of times we as children are dishonored by our parents' actions and by what our parents do. And so I want to talk to you guys about that for a minute. If you're in here tonight and you have a dishonorable parent, I want to I flip the tables around and talk a little bit about what does it mean to honor your parents or to honor dishonorable parents. The first thing I want us to do is I want us to look at our first parent, God. See, the Bible calls God Father, God the Father, and God parents us as, as, he, as we would parent our children. And God parents Adam and Eve in the garden, and we see God parenting throughout history, and we see God parenting by laying down guidelines and boundaries for us to live inside of his favor. We see God parenting us in those ways. And this is what I know. What I know is, is that every single one of us in this room has been dishonorable to God. Every one of us has. We've all been dishonorable to God. The Bible tells all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us there's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one in this room that is good. None of us, not me, not you, not no one. And the reality is, is that when we live our life, most of the time, our thoughts, our actions typically dishonor God more than they honor God. Especially if you don't have a relationship with Him. And this is the cool thing about it. When you look at it, you see that throughout history, man dishonors God over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And what's God's response? He pursues us. He chases us. He loves us. He forgives us. He saves us. That's God's response to our dishonoring of him. Think about Jesus. Jesus is on the cross. He's dying the most excruciating death that anyone could even imagine. In fact, that's where we get the word excruciating from, crucifixion. He's dying on the cross. 
There are people down at his feet that are casting lots, gambling for his clothes, making fun of him, spitting on him. And he looks up to heaven and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Literally, the people that drove the nails in his hands, the people that have disgraced him, the people that have dishonored him, and he did nothing to deserve it, nothing for for them to even consider doing that to him. He is completely innocent, yet. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What? That makes no sense. It makes no sense that he would do that. See, this is the interesting thing about it. When you read Ephesians chapter 6 and you read this passage here in Exodus chapter 20, what you notice is, is that he says, honor your father and mother. And he puts no but on the end of there. He doesn't say, honor your father and mother, but if they do this to you, then you're not to honor them. There's no asterisk at the end of that particular passage to say, hey, listen, if you don't want to do this because you think that your parents are this or that or whatever, then, then, then that's fine. You don't have to do that. And this is what happens. What happens is, is that we look at our parents' behavior, we see the things that they do, and we say, that is not right, that is not godly, that is not the way that they're supposed to treat me. And we then take license to say that since they didn't treat me right, I don't have to honor them. And I think Jesus would say, you didn't treat me right either. But I still pursued you and loved you. I still forgave you. And that's so powerful if you think about it. So powerful. That God would pursue us in the midst of that. See, apparently, behavior is not a marker on whether we should respect and honor our parents. And obey our parents. The, the position of parent is enough. The position of parent is enough. See, there are some things that we're asked to in Scripture to honor because of its position. Like, for example, the Bible tells us to honor the governing authorities above us because they have been placed in place by God. We are to honor the position of the governing authorities and the things that are around us. And so we are to honor that. We are to honor the law. We are to obey the law because God has set that in place. And so when we go out and we begin to do things to break the law, then we have to face the consequences on the earthly level. But that's also sinning against God because God has placed those things in place. And the same goes with our parents. God has placed them in a positional authority over us. See, let me give you an analogy. The President of the United States. Every time he steps up to the platform at a press conference, every single time, every single person in the press room rises to stand and honor the President. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican President or a Democratic President or whatever President. Why do they do that? Because they realize that there's a position that is to be honored. Does every person in that press room agree with the president? No. Does everyone in that press room agree with the president's behavior? No. Does every person in that room going to vote for that president? No. Is there everyone in that room like that president? No. Why do they stand? They stand because it's a position of honor and they are to honor them regardless of whether they agree with them or not. When you go to court... Which unfortunately, I have to go to court quite frequently because some of you guys like to break the law. And I was just in court a couple weeks ago with one of our students who broke the law. And uh, it's not funny. And, uh, 
And uh, sometimes I just tell the judge, he's a jerk, send him to jail. And uh, so invite me as your witness, I'll help you out. Uh, just kidding. And, uh, but it's interesting, when you get into the courtroom, they always do this. They say, all rise for the honorable judge, and they mention the judge's name. And everyone in the courtroom rises. Now, do we know if that, that judge is honorable? None of us know. We don't know his private world. We don't know his private life. We don't know all the things that he does. We don't know if he beats his kids, kicks his dog, you know, does whatever. We don't know. You know what I mean? We don't know anything about that guy, but the position demands that we are to honor him. So everyone in the courtroom, whether they like the judge, whether they know that the judge is going to sentence them to a long-term sentence, every person in the room stands because the position of the judge demands that it happens. I think you get the point. We're to honor our parents. We're to honor our parents. We do not have the right to dishonor our parents. And some of us dishonor our parents because we say, well, this is righteous anger that I have towards my parents because of the way they've treated me. But is it really righteous anger? See, this is what happens. The moment that we begin to point our finger at our parents, we're sinning ourselves because does Jesus not say, before you go to take the speck of sawdust out of someone else's eye, do you not remove the plank from your own eye? See, what happens is, is that for many of us, we are caught in a cycle of self-deception. And we see all the problems in all the people around us, including our parents, but we don't see the problem within us. And that's something that we have to think through. Things to know and things to do. I think this is important for you as you live in your relationship with your family and with your parents. Number one, you cannot change your parents, but you can change you. Number one, you cannot change your parents, but you can change you. See, this is what I know. You are not responsible for how your parents treat you, but you are responsible for how you treat your parents. And this is what I know, and I see this all the time, and I talk with enough students to, to know that this is a, a pretty regular occurrence. What happens is, is that the people that we spend the most time with are the people that we're most comfortable with, and the people we're most comfortable with are the people that we tend to be most ourselves around. See, here's the deal. Some of you guys talk to your parents in ways that you would never talk to me, and to ways you would never talk to a friend, to ways you would never talk to people in your life that aren't as close to you as your parents. You feel like, because you have that tight relationship with your parents you spend all this time with, you can talk to them how you want to talk to them. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. And what I've found is, is that the, 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 the higher of relationship that we have someone, listen, there are times when I say things to my wife and I'm like, man, did I just say that to my wife? I haven't said things like that to some of my worst enemies. But I'm most comfortable with her. I spend the most time with her. You guys need to be careful because I'm here to tell you right now that there are things that you say and things that you can do inside of the home that can bring destruction and division in your family. And this is what I know. What I know is, is that the reason that some of you guys have such a broken relationship with your parents is because it's self-inflicted. Because you have treated your parents poorly. Every time your parents say something to you, you fly off the handle. You go berserko. You storm out of the house. You throw stuff. You punch holes in walls. You kick doors down. You're cussing everybody out. You're flipping out and going crazy. And your parents are like, what the heck just happened? You say, that's not me. That's not me. I don't normally live like that. I don't normally act like that. Why do you do it with your parents? Because you're most comfortable with them. Because you're most comfortable with them. 
You can't change your parents, but you can change you. And I'm here to tell you, if you change you, if you change the way you respond to your parents, if you respond to your parents in a way that honors God and doesn't dishonor God, if you do that in, a, in that sort of a way, you need to know that that's going to have a major implication on how your home life goes. It will, I promise you, every single time. The second point is this. Respect and agree are different than honor. Respect and agree are different than honor. You don't respect and you don't agree with ungodly behavior. And here's the deal. There are some of you in this room, you have parents that are participating in ungodly behavior on a wide scale. You have parents that are addicted to drugs or addicted to alcohol. You have parents who are living in, 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 in uh, sexual sin against their mother or against their father. You have parents that are dealing with all kinds of things, anger issues, abuse issues, all of those things. Respect and agree are not the same as honor. And I'll be honest with you, I respect no one who abuses a child. No one. I agree with no one who abuses a child. Disagree 100%. And you don't have to agree with your parents. You have to honor them. You don't have to respect your parents. And that's an important distinction, and that's something that you've got to figure out, and you have to be cautious. The third thing that you need to know. Honoring dishonorable parents is a window to evangelism. Honoring dishonorable parents is a window to evangelism. If your parents are living a life that is far from God, if they're living a life in such a way that dishonors God and dishonors you, then most likely they don't know God. They don't have a relationship with Jesus. And it may be through your life as you reach out to them, as you love on them, as you, as you share Christ with them through your actions as well as through your words, that they come to know Christ and their life is changed because of your influence in their life. See, when you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus is out with the scum of society. He is out with the low of low. He's dining with tax collectors and prostitutes. He's spending time with the drunkards and the lowest of society. And throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, we see that he is criticized over and over and over and over and over again for spending time with those people. And his response is, it is not the healthy that need a doctor, it is the sick. And if your parents are spiritually sick, you may be the only window to them seeing Christ in their life and if you treat them dishonorably they will not see that how are they going to come to know the Jesus that you love and worship who's changed your life if you treat them so dishonorably in their life if you don't show them the grace and forgiveness that Christ showed you See, that's the beauty of forgiveness. When we forgive other people, we are showing them the forgiveness of Christ. And they can't figure out why you've forgiven them. They can't figure out why you've shown them grace. And you tell them the reason I've forgiven you and shown you grace is because God has forgiven me and shown me grace. We live, when, I wrote this down, when we live our life as Jesus in front of dishonorable parents, it opens their heart to the truth of Jesus and that alone can change them. Because Jesus loved us, we are now free to love others. On the cross, he made it possible for us to love the unlovable. On the cross, he made it possible for us to love the unlovable. I want to show you guys a video of a student that is in our student ministry. Her name's Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca started going to our middle school ministry um, a little while back. 
and uh, she's in ninth grade now. And while going to our middle school ministry, her parents wasn't really, they were not really engaged in a church. They was a little disenfranchised with church and, and God and all that. And she, she even told in her testimony last week, because she got baptized, she talked about how, how her family didn't even feel like a family. But after going to Prime for a little while, she ended up giving her life to Christ. God radically changed her, and she began to invite her parents to church. And through the process of inviting her parents to church, um, something awesome happened. And I want you guys to check out this video. Hi, I'm Rebecca Carr, and I've been coming to 12 Stone for about two years now. And I started going when my friend Olivia invited me to a prime Wednesday night service. It was the Back to School Bash event, and it was really fun. She kept inviting me, and I just kept coming back every week and just kept enjoying it. I'm Kevin Carr. I'm Rebecca's dad. And uh, as a family, began to get a little distant from, from God and didn't feel like, um, you know, we were going down the right path. As I kept coming back to 12 Stone every Wednesday night, I saw that I made new friends, you know, mostly ones that are better for me than the ones I already had. You know, good Christian people, met a lot of good Christian people. She began to uh, uh, talk to us, and the, the, the main thing that really uh, spoke to us was when she asked us about being baptized and so that really struck a chord with us and, and after that we began to really seriously uh, talk about it. She kept asking us uh, to come with her. She told us about how uh, she enjoyed uh, 12 Stone and how she enjoyed what she was receiving at 12 Stone and we, we thought that was great. It really influenced my personal life. I became more confident in myself, confident in my relationship with God. You know, that grew stronger and stronger each time that I went to Prime. So all of us got together and Rebecca's idea was to come to 12 Stone for Mother's Day. We came in and, and had, a, had a great service. And, you know, between uh, Rebecca's continued going and showing that there was something there and that she, she was getting something and God was, was working in her, it also brought us uh, as well and began to work in our lives and began to make a change and make things better for us. Yeah. So it was, it was through the influence of Rebecca on her parents' life. They came to Mother's Day. They got, ended up getting connected into the church, and they're still attending 12 Stone. And God's doing a cool thing in their family, and she was baptized last week. And I say that to say that you can have an unbelievable influence in your home. Some of you have dishonorable parents, and, and, and listen, they're not your enemy. Satan's your enemy. And if you continue to dishonor them, then they're never going to see the love of Christ in you. And they're never going to respond to the gospel. Because this is what I know. They can never change the inside of them. Only Jesus can. And until they get Christ in their life, they're never going to be honorable parents. And the idea isn't for you to leave their life and for them to continue on living a dishonorable person. Dishonorable to God. Dishonorable to everybody around them. The goal is for them to see Christ in you. Come to church. Give their life to Christ. Surrender their life to Him because of your influence in their life. And they become an honorable person and this is what I know there are some of you in here you have parents 
They've done some horrible things to you in your life, and they are completely dishonorable. I know because I've had conversations with many of you. And tonight, this is what I want to do. We're going to have the band come up. But if that's you, this is what I want to do. I want us to have a time of prayer for you. As you go back into your home, as you go back into your home to try to live your life for Christ in front of them. And there's some of you in here, you need to forgive your parents. And some of the things that your parents have done against you seem to be unforgivable. But you need to forgive them. You need to show them care and love. And so if you're here tonight and you say, man, I'm, my parents, man, I, I've got, I, there's some brokenness in my relationship with my parents. And I just need some prayer tonight. This is what I'm going to do, and I don't want to embarrass you or any of that kind of stuff, but I'm going to ask you to do something bold. Here in a second, I'm going to count to three. I'm just going to have you stand up. And then if you're sitting around one of those people, I want you just to kind of reach your hand out. You don't have to touch them. Just reach your hand out in their direction, and I'm going to pray for them, and I want you just to kind of pray in their direction for them as they go back home. Because this is God's word, and this is God's truth. And as I mentioned last week, as we learn how to honor and obey our parents, we are learning how to honor and obey God. And this is bigger than just you honoring and obeying your parents. This is about you submitting to the authority of your parents and also submitting to the authority of God. And for some of you, the reason the favor of God isn't on your life maybe, and maybe the reason that you feel like God isn't really hearing your prayers or the reason God isn't doing many things in your life, maybe that it stemmed from something that God takes very seriously, and that is brokenness in your relationship with your parents. So if you're here tonight and you say, hey, man, I've got a tough situation. I've got some dishonorable parents, or I've just got a tough home life, and I just need some prayer. It takes humility to stand up, but let me tell you something. It's worth it. Why do we got to pretend like everything's okay in our life? I got struggles. We all do. No one in this room is invincible. No one in this room is free from being attacked by something or having a situation or an issue in your life. And we need prayer and we need each other. That's what the church does. Maybe it's your first time tonight. And that may be a bold step for you. Maybe you don't even believe in God. But let me tell you something. Even if you don't believe in God, isn't it worth just having somebody pray for you? So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to count to three. And if you're here, I want you to stand up and I want to pray for you. And then we're going to close out with a song of worship. And then Austin's going to give us some announcements. On the count of three, if you need prayer, just stand up. One, two, three, stand up. All right. If you're around the people that are standing up, I'm not going to ask you to move around and that kind of stuff. I just want you to kind of just reach your hand out in their direction if you're around them. If you feel uncomfortable doing that, that's fine. Just close your eyes and pray. Reach your hand out in their direction. I just want you to, to pray for them. Pray along with me. Pray in agreement with me. Just yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Work in them. Give them strength. Give them whatever. Let's pray. Father, tonight, I just want to lift up these students that are standing right now. Thank you for their boldness, just to be honest, that there's some things going on at home that are just not easy. There's some brokenness in a, a relationship with a parent, a brokenness in a relationship with both parents. Maybe there's abandonment. Maybe there's abuse. Maybe there are things that are just we can't even talk about. So, God, I just ask that you would be with them. God, I pray that you would bring comfort and peace to them like they have never experienced and felt in their entire life. God, I ask that you would give them strength, and I ask that you would give them courage to live their lives for you, even in dishonorable situations. But, God, that in their, their life they would honor you, and they would not allow their parents to dishonor you. That they would stand up for you.
And God, I just pray that, that, that as you give them strength, Lord, that you would give them the words to say and how to react and respond in certain situations. For I know that it's difficult not to respond in anger when you're being attacked. It's difficult not to respond with harsh words when you're being attacked. But God, I ask that you would give them strength. I ask that you would give them wisdom. And for the rest of the students in here, Lord, as we've talked over the last two weeks about parents, I pray that we would all be honorable to our parents. That we wouldn't be dishonorable children. And God, that we would grow up and be godly parents who parent our kids based on the word of God. And that we would raise honorable children. And that our children would raise honorable grandchildren. And that the generations would pass on the truth of honor and of love that come from your son, Jesus Christ. And God, I want to pray for every student that's in this room tonight that may not know you. Maybe they've never looked at their life as being dishonorable to you. Maybe they've never looked at their life as, as, as that they're not good and that there is brokenness in their life, that there is pain, that there is hurt in their life. And the reason that is is because of sin and because we're separated with you beca- from you because of our sin. And so, God, tonight I pray that you would just impress it on their heart to talk to someone, to talk to an adult, to talk to an leader, to talk to me, to talk to someone about that in their life. And, God, I ask that you would bring change to their life. Because I know and I believe your word when it says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So, God, we pray all that tonight in the holy and precious name of Jesus. Amen. Let's worship.